You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse, And of course, it is a Thursday night and I'm so happy to be here. And I'm glad to see the fam is already here live and in color. What's up, Doc? What's up, Natasha? Glad to see you ladies in the house already. Um, man, it has been a good week, a long week at that. Um, I had two community engagement events this week, uh, we are doing this huge like resources to the block. So your girl's a little bit tired, um, but I have a servant's heart, you guys. So I'm getting ready to continue to just serve the community, which I love, 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 love to do. But without further ado, I have prepared such a great show for you guys. Um, there's a lot to talk about in the news, you guys. I, I was wondering if this was going to be a slow week. Um, and please make sure when you guys are um, on Instagram, share those stories, you guys. Share the things that you guys want to talk about. I am doing it with myself. If I see something, I just share it to the at Clapback Culture handle on Instagram. Share it with me so we can pull up and talk about it live on Thursday night. So, child, without further ado, let's get right into it so a daycare owner you guys shot her husband for allegedly molesting children at the center this was a hot mess you guys but um she's a baltimore county daycare center owner she at the time was in dc at a hotel and on the southwest side um and she was scheduled to appear in court this week we do have a clip let's go ahead and play that and we'll come back and talk about it a Baltimore County woman appeared in a D.C. courtroom today accused of shooting her husband in a hotel room last week. WJG is live tonight. Paul Gesser on the reason she told detectives she did it and what we're learning about those allegations tonight. Paul. Hey, Vic, yeah, Shantiari Weems runs a daycare in Owings Mills. She accuses her husband of molesting several children and D.C. police say that she shot him in a hotel room confronting him about it. The crime scene Thursday in D.C. surrounded the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, a shooting in an eighth-floor hotel room. An arrest document says Shantiari Weems admitted to detectives she confronted her husband about accusations of child molestation at the daycare she runs in Baltimore County. And parents and teachers continued to reach out to her that day. She told detectives she'd just been told by numerous children her husband has been molesting them. Property records list Weems as the owner of Kids Castle Child Development Center here in Owings Mills. It remains closed this week as county police look into these allegations. My first reaction will probably be to do the same thing she did, unfortunately. Cornelia Askew works near that daycare. She didn't want to show her face on camera. They're small kids. They can't defend themselves. And the fact that they came to her and said this is what he was doing to her to them it's just so sad. Because there are no charges, we're not naming the husband a victim in Thursday night's shooting. Court documents lay out how police found a notebook showing Weems' intent to shoot but not kill her husband, reading, quote, I want these kids to get justice. I know it's, it's a bad thing that she did, but, you know, I still feel sorry for her and those kids and the parents involved. These arrest documents suggest Weems went to Baltimore authorities to report the conduct. We've asked several questions to Baltimore County Police. All they'll tell us is detectives continue to investigate and the department, quote, continues to support the family's. 
all the ladies in the place with style and grace. I see you ladies in this comment section. So let me know, are we standing when Shantari Weems on this? It's given, she took justice into her own hands, okay? And let me tell you one thing. She has been married to this man for five years, so she knows him, okay? So it's not like she's taking these allegations lightly. She did go and report this to the police. Um, at the time, she had two firearms on her when she um, <laughs> took her husband into captivity, and they got into an argument into the hotel room. She obviously... Um, addressed him with these allegations. But to your point, um, Helen Broken Wings, uh, she says, if, if if our good sis is seeking funds for a lawyer, I'm definitely supporting her. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I would have personally done this. And no, violence is not the answer. But when we're talking about protecting our babies, this is somebody who took this matter very seriously. Um, and so she's willing to stand by it. And she said she had no intention to kill him. Um, but however, she was definitely going to uh, protect those babies. So this is an interesting situation. I cannot wait to see how this plays out in court, you guys, because if she is judged by a jury of her peers, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to get a lot of time for this. Again, these are just accusations against her husband. Nothing has been proven as of yet, but we're going to continue to hope and pray that the Baltimore County uh, police continue to do their due diligence and follow up on this investigation. So we shall see, but it's given she won't plan. Okay. That's not the one to be messed with. Um, Listen, I know you guys caught this viral video, you guys. I could not believe it. But a Brooklyn bishop, you guys probably know him um, from being like pretty flashy online. Um, he was robbed at gunpoint during a live stream on his Sunday morning sermon. So we do got a video. It doesn't play the the entire clip of the in, of the actual robbery. But Bishop Lamar Whitehead is the bishop. He also ran to be an elected official um, in the Brooklyn borough. He was unsuccessful in doing that. But he was on stage during his sermon when gunmen rolled up in there, you guys, and jacked him, took his chain, took his rings, took his watch. I mean, it's a lot. So he explains it in this clip. Let's take a look and we'll come back and talk about it. New tonight, a bishop in Brooklyn robbed at gunpoint in the middle of a church service, and the whole thing happened during a live stream. Yo, all right, all right, all right, all right, Yo, all right, all right. Bishop Lamar Whitehead says three men waving guns stole hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry from him and his wife. It happened about 9.30 this morning at Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries in Canarsie. The bishop says he worried the thieves were coming in to shoot worshipers. And when I see them come into the sanctuary with their guns, I told everybody, get out. Everybody just get out. You know, took my watch, took my jewelry, took my bishop's ring, um, took my wedding band. Um, they took and then they took my bishop's cross. Police say the thieves drove away in a white Mercedes. If Bishop Whitehead looks familiar, he ran for Brooklyn Borough president last year. And listen, 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 Linda, it's giving fraudulent if you ask me i don't know i mean when i watched the clip 
there were a few people um, that we didn't see in the clip who sat by quiet as it's kept and just was watching and did not flinch, okay? This thing looks staged to me, you guys, and here's why. Why would you have all you have your you have your chain that you can see on the outside and then you have three four chains underneath your bishop um collar why for what why do you have so much jewelry on on a sunday morning when you're <laughs> preaching the gospel i just don't get it i mean are we here for jesus are we here to to you know what i'm saying to wear our balenciagas it's giving us too much um i'm i don't know it, it feels like a setup um, and of course, social media had a lot to say about this, you guys, because they know him to be this flamboyant kind of bishop, this kind of pastor who um, also has a lot of controversial things to say. He's very um, homophobic. Um, he went on, you guys, a live stream with entertainment host Larry Reed out there in Atlanta, Georgia, honey. And let me tell you, baby, that was one of the Instagram live streams that you need to go check out. Um he basically got into it with another pastor on there. They're going back and forth because the, uh, uh, earlier on the live stream, they were making comments that were insensitive to the robbery, much like a lot of people on social media. Um, but child, it got so messy. It was so messy. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. But basically, um, Larry Reed goes back after the live stream and begins to post receipts about how this is probably not someone that we want to feel so sympathetic for because, you know, this is a robber getting robbed. Allegedly, there are receipts that he has been stealing from people in his congregation, honey, uh, for years. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's on there. It's on there. Um, Yukia Huki says he scammed a senior out of 90000 90000 in retirement funds. Allegedly. Okay. So let me tell you something about uh, Bishop Whitehead. He absolutely has all of that stuff insured. It is no coincidence that they did this on a good Sunday morning during the live stream so they could catch it all on tape. So there were, uh, was nothing to question when it came to the insurance company. So you had $400,000 worth of jewelry on? I don't know. I just, it, I just don't see it. I don't see this, you guys. Honestly, I do not. I don't see this. I don't. I, this this isn't giving genuine robbery to me. It's smelling a bit fishy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chip. There's receipts on Instagram, child. So we'll see. And again, allegations. Not sure, but something to consider. You know, are we having sympathy for the robber getting robbed? I don't think so, baby. We're going to have to look into it. We're just going to have to keep looking into it. But, um, you know, shout out to the people, you know, not being harmed. You know, that was great. We didn't want anyone to get hurt in the scam. Um, and we got some more scam artists to talk about later on in the show. But let's go ahead and move forward. Uh, this is some good news. 
Um, it looks like there has been an update in the Brittany Griner case. For those who have been watching the show, you guys know we have been keeping you guys up on this. It looks like the Biden administration has made an offer in hopes of getting Brittany Griner home as well as Paul Whelan, who was arrested back in 2018. So the Biden administration is offering to exchange Victor Bout, who I told you guys about last week, um, he's a convicted Russian arms trafficker serving a 25-year U.S. sentence um, as part of a potential deal to secure the release of Brittany and Paul Whelan. This is big. This is big. But let's not get too excited because the Kremlin spokesperson said as of Thursday, as of today, so far, there is no agreement on this issue. So this is um, an, an, uh, you know, a deal that has been presented Nothing has been secured, but the Secretary of State, Anthony Blink, uh, Blinken, announced Wednesday that the U.S. presented this substantial proposal to Moscow weeks ago for Waylon and Greiner, who are considered uh, classified wrongfully detained. Uh, so we'll see. But again, it takes two to tango. So we need um, Russia to go ahead and accept this deal and get this going back. Um, if you guys don't know, because I had to think, who is Paul Whelan? Because he continues to come up. I mean, we know Brittany Griner. We know all about her story. She has pled guilty to the marijuana charges um, and says that she was using the marijuana uh, to support her injuries that she has sustained during basketball. And in a rush to unpacking, she packed that in there and didn't think that it wasn't there. But Paul Whelan, baby, is a whole different story. He is a former Marine. He's a U.S. citizen as well as a citizen of the U.K., Ireland, and Canada. I don't know why you got all these citizens. Why do you need all those citizenships? I just don't get it. Um, but he was detained at a Moscow hotel back in December 2018. He went down there for a wedding. And he was arrested on espionage charges, which he consistently and vehemently denies. Um, he was convicted and sentenced in June of 2020 to 16 years in prison. Um, U.S. officials continue to say that uh, this was an unfair situation. So he's there on espionage charges um, and he's fighting to get home just as much as Brittany Griner. We know that Brittany Griner has pled guilty. So it's not like she's necessarily being wrongfully detained, but she is caught up in a situation that is just essentially bad for business. So now you guys, like we discussed on the show, this is setting a new precedence, or maybe not even new, but this is continuing to set the precedence that American nationals that have some affluence that are traveling into Russia have to watch their back because if they are detained, this could be used as a bargaining chip um, to release other Russian detainees. Um, and we don't want that, right? We don't want to have that kind of exchange. But to the family of Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner, um, I'm sure they're very excited about this, you know, this talk, this proposal um, to getting their loved ones home. I mean, I can't imagine um, what this feels like. I, well, actually, I can't imagine what this feels like. This is like a big jump. And so, you know, you never want to get too excited until they're actually like on the plane heading home. Um, but hopefully this does happen. And again, I mean, this is a big exchange. Like they're giving up Victor Bout. Okay. 
this is a big deal. So we're getting a two for one, but this is just not a clean deal um, all the way through. And again, we got to watch our back. I think U.S. citizens should just sit back in terms of going to Russia anytime soon. Um, maybe we need to do a travel ban uh, because we don't need to be put in this kind of situation anymore. But Brittany Griner, we're praying for you. We hope that you make it home soon uh, to the family of Paul Whalen. We're also um, anticipating you guys to come home just as much. Right. So good news and a good update there. All right, some not so good news. And really, I was torn on whether or not I wanted to make this a clap back, you guys. But conservative leaders, you guys, have pushed through a new bill that they introduced called the Unborn Child Support Act. Child, I don't know why I didn't bring this to you guys last week, but I'm hearing about it this week. And this is just absolutely insane to me. Um, I do have a clip. I'm going to play the clip real quick so you guys can get the good and dirty of it. And then we'll come back and break it down. The idea is to make child support available as an award by a court for a mother during pregnancy and even retroactively after the baby is born. Alexandra McPhee with Concerned Women for America talking about the Unborn Child Support Act. If a mother wishes to receive support and the father does not comply, the legislation requires judges to consult with moms on payment plans and mandates that all paternity tests be done at the discretion of the mother. James Lankford is one of the senators that introduced the bill, saying, quote, dads need to step up and provide for their kids. So if this bill were to become law, uh, how would you as a group measure success for it? How would you say, oh, this bill is doing the job or this law is doing the job we set out for it to do? We define success based off of the principles behind the bill, promoting family formation, recognizing that life begins at conception and including fathers in the conversation in a way that they aren't. Now this bill has a long road before it becomes law and with the current makeup of Congress it would require support for Democrats but that would also require Democrats to acknowledge that life begins. Y'all this is clearly a haphazard move following conservatives pushing um, and, 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 and celebrating that Roe v. Wade is you know basically rescinded right. So the abortion ban is here and this is kind of like a compliment to say okay we're gonna force you into being a parent okay we're forcing you to be a mother and a father and it's it's kind of facing that criticism of saying well what happens when you have this child that no one can take care of right so this is their social welfare policy to help pregnant people this is bs okay first and foremost we know that there is no, there's so much evidence to show that child support is 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 really not helpful, right? Child support happens to people who don't have money. People who have money to take care of their kids nine times out of 10, take care of their kids. They don't have to be placed on child support, okay? There is not a lot of fathers or mothers that are in the child support system that are just being negligent because they're being negligent. They're being negligent because they don't have the financial support uh, to be able to take care of these kids and, and, and probably a lot of other social ailments to go along with that, okay? So I don't think that this is gonna help. Um, 
I also think that this is stamping, and if you heard it in the clip, that life begins at conception. And so if this bill is to be passed, we're also agreeing that life begins at conception. So a mother who is one month pregnant can go after the father, whoever that may be, right? Can go after the father for um, child support payments or even afterwards and it would be retroactive. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous to me. Um, I'm gonna pull up some, <laughs> some uh, some statements here to, to, to tell you what these senators are saying. Senator Dane says, parents know that the cost of raising a child begins long before birth and fathers need to take responsibility. What? I'm not really sure what expenses come before birth one month in. Not really sure about that. Um, but it also makes me say, well, if a father has the responsibility to pay child support for the unborn fetus that's being carried in the mother, does he also have oversight of what she does with her body, right? Does he have does he have a say in what she eats? Does he have a say in her medical care? Does he have a say in anything? I mean, I'm just not sure how far this goes into the level of responsibility. Um, Senator Kramer said, I am proud, or excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, Senator uh, Enoff says, I am proud to join Senator Kramer in introducing the Unborn Child Support Act and standing true to what being pro-life means, protecting life beginning at conception. So I told you guys, this is what it's about. Um, he goes on to say that mothers should have the option to receive court-ordered child support well before the time of birth. And this bill is a step first step towards getting them and their unborn children the support they deserve. Listen, if you have, if you are one month pregnant and you have to go after child support in that one month, it's likely you knew that you and your partner or the man you laid down with, y'all were not ready to have a child, okay? It's, it's given irresponsibility is what it's given. Um, I. I just I don't I don't see this being the 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 solution um, to the social ills that are going to uh, affect uh, poor people that are, you know, that do get pregnant and have to have babies because they are not um, able to obtain a safe and legal abortion or even access to safe and legal contraception. And um, I, I just I don't see it. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts here? I see you guys pulling up in the comments. Tracy says in Georgia, a uh, father can be made to provide child support to a pregnant mother throughout the pregnancy. However, in order to mandate child support obligations, the court must have proof of paternity. And that is what I was trying to find in this bill. So at what, and I'm not sure scientifically at what point you can prove paternity of the fetus, the pregnancy. I don't know when you can determine the DNA and, and whatnot. I'm not sure how that goes. Um, but that's a huge issue, right? I mean, oftentimes, you know, we have heard cases of fathers that have had to pay child support for children that are not biologically their own. 
Um, and so we have to be able to protect everybody in this. If we're going to protect the pregnant women, then we also need to protect the fathers in this situation who may or may not um, be responsible for these children. Uh, Chip says, it's about keeping poor people poor. The last thing this planet needs is way more humans. Sigh. I agree. I mean, and actually, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this is this is an issue that clearly conservative lawmakers think is just going to fix the problem. So interesting attempt, you guys, but I'm not buying it. Um, just like I'm not buying into Hulu now allowing po political ads um, to go across their platform. Did you guys hear about this? I'm not here for this whatsoever. So Disney owns Hulu, you guys. And the streaming service says that it will begin to accept advertising about controversial political issues like abortion rights and gun control. Um, its announcement was shared with NPR via an email, and this is where I pulled the report from. And they said, and I quote, Hulu will now accept candidate and issue advertisements covering a wide spectrum of policy positions. Um, but then the company goes on to say that it still reserves the right to request edits and to meet with industry and to make sure that those ads meet with industry standards. <sighs> listen, 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 Linda. Okay, so unlike TV networks, streaming platforms like Hulu, Netflix, all those guys, they are not obligated to comply with the 1934 Communications Act. So they don't have to um, follow the law that requires broadcasters to provide political advertisers with equal access to the airways. But Hulu is now opening the door for that and saying that they're going to be able to introduce these kind of persuasive ads that will target voters. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Number one, because I'm sick and tired of commercials. But when we think about persuasion, right, and this is actually coming from Democratic lobbyists who want to have ads. And I mean, they have a they have a point, but I think it opens Pandora's box. Right. So what it's saying is um, they had an advertisement about abortion rights and and it was about um, being pro-choice and all of those you know things that a lot of people stand for. Um, in these persuasive ads, they were saying we have to get it out to this demographic of people. And, you know, Hulu was just like, nah, we're good off that. Well, after much backlash on Twitter and social media and all platforms on social media, um, the Democratic group was able to, I guess, swayed uh, Disney slash Hulu into kind of buying into this idea that they needed to kind of step into allowing this type of advertising. I'm not here for it. Um, and to Amari's point, all I know is I pay like $75 a month for Hulu and my bill is nest. If I pay $75 a month, I want to control, I want to control my, my, my viewership. I want to be able to have more oversight of what I want to ingest. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to see persuasive ads, whether they're, you know, something that I agree with or something that I oppose. I really think that we have gotten to a point where we are fed so much by these advertisements um, and the media continues to just mass produce it, that it's overload. And it doesn't allow people to see both sides of um, 
the issue and really make an, an intelligent decision based on the facts. And so a persuasive ad is only gonna tell you the, you know, what they want you to hear. And it does persuade voters at the end of the day. This is also tapping into a very much younger demographic of individuals um, who will be accessing the polls. So it's interesting. And again, I think this is opening the door to saturate the market. Netflix is already changing and adding in this, you know, this whole commercial streaming package and their thing. Um, and then you're going to have to pay more if you don't want that. And this, listen, I don't want all that. Okay. Let me just watch my, my, my shows in peace. I want to watch my stuff back to back to back. I don't even want to see one ad. Okay. I don't want to see an advertisement about absolutely anything. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? Brady says Hulu sucks. Hulu is actually kind of janky now anyway. So maybe it won't matter. Maybe their viewership is just some trash anyway. Okay. I don't know. I am totally against this. I pay for um, streaming services to not have the ads on there to avoid that. I don't want to see commercials. I don't want to see ads. I want to be able to just watch what I want to watch y'all. All right. Did you guys hear about this? This is going to be my last hot topic before we roll into commercial, but JetBlue agrees to buy Spirit Airlines. This is a bigger deal, you guys, than I actually thought because it's challenging the big four. And shout out to Amari and Brady. I know you guys are on a flight right now, um, but this is challenging the big four, which is American Airlines, Delta, um, Southwest, and American. And this would bring JetBlue into that big four, making the big five and having more um more access to travelers, you guys. So this is kind of a big thing. The idea is to break up that monopoly, break up those four carriers that are that make up 80% of the industry's revenue, at least before the pandemic. Um, but JetBlue executives argue that allowing this company to swallow up spirit would, would provide the heft it needs to successfully compete with these larger rivals and move, as they say, would force others to drop their fares. Now, let's not get too excited, okay? Because this ain't gonna happen no time soon. It still has to get approved. Um, but this is a big deal and it would really, you know, push JetBlue into the forefront and, and hopefully it would lower prices. But I mean, airlines right now are still suffering from one, gas prices, two, staffing shortages, okay? Um, and because of staffing shortages and gas prices, we're seeing that, you know, there's so many more delays. The routes, travel routes are, you know, have changed. There's some flights that you can't even take direct anymore. Um, I don't know. Amari says spirit gets the last laugh. All them spirit jokes, they about to cake up, period. Spirit was like the greyhound of airlines. Spirit's not that bad if you know how to travel on spirit. Okay, so if you do the carry on, okay, if you're not bothered by sitting in that switch seat because your flight is only two hours, um, you know, you just you got to know how to ride spirit. Okay, my mom told me she was like, don't you dare put me on spirit. She was coming in from L.A. I mean, uh, Las Vegas here to D.C. She was like, don't you dare book me a spirit flight. So y'all don't book your mama on a spirit flight. Okay, I, don't do that. That's disrespectful. Um, 
I'm not sure if JetBlue is much better. I don't. I can't even think if I've ever flown JetBlue. I'm a Delta girl, uh, now and forevermore. <laughs> uh, so, but I think this is some healthy competition. So we'll see if the regulatory agencies go ahead and approve this. And um, yeah, maybe in a few years after we get out of this inflation season, okay, and then probably the looming uh, recession that's on its way. We don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see what happens with JetBlue. But Amari, I agree with you. JetBlue has the last laugh because guess what? They're about to sell and get that good money and keep it moving, okay? Amari, you're absolutely never putting me on spirit next time I come to Seattle. Again, the disrespect, you guys. All right, well, look, you guys are watching Clapback Culture. And when we come back, I have got to tell you guys a little bit about what is going on in the culture. Chris Brown is charging people $1,000 at a meet and greet. It's about knowing your worth now. All right, stay tuned. All right, y'all, welcome back to Clapback Culture. I'm your host, Jules Jesse. And like I said, it's about knowing your worth, baby. And Chris Brown clearly knows it, okay? He got a lot of backlash. Um, he held a meet and greet where fans paid $1,000 to take a picture with him. But can I just say, look at the pictures, you guys. He really made fans feel like they were the number one and the two, baby, okay? Um, put that picture back up really quick. Child, look at her with her legs wrapped around CBZ, okay? She ain't playing. And your boy to the right, he, y'all, I mean, listen, listen, y'all. Twitter users got on Twitter. He was blasted. Someone said, I don't know how people be so gone off celebrities like paying $1,000 for Chris Brown. That's insane. Another person added, so women are paying $1,000 to take pictures with Chris Brown what a waste of hard-earned money. Some of you have been brainwashed and don't realize it. A third person chimed in and said, I can't think of a bigger waste of money than to pay $1,000 to meet Chris Brown. I don't know, you guys. Listen, I think this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime memory for big fans. I mean, Chris Brown is the entertainment version of Michael Jackson, okay? He can sing, he can dance, he can rap, he can act. He does it all. He's, he's a, a quadruple threat. What can he not do? Um, we know that he's had a little bit of a past, much like everybody else, but he got into the game so young. And so, you know, I don't want to hold all of that over him. But even still, I mean, Michael Jackson died with a crazy um, legacy around him and, and sexual scandals and children molestation, all of that. And he's still someone that we hold near and dear to our heart. So you're thinking about $1,000 for a meet and greet. You get your picture. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't think it's a waste of money, especially for fans um, that truly love him, that support his music, um, that want to just have that, you know, that interaction. Again, know your worth, okay? I'm not going to pay anybody $1,000 to go see them. But... Maybe so. Like, would I pay like a thousand dollars to do a meet and greet with like Michelle Obama or like, you know, some or Oprah? I would I would absolutely pay a thousand dollars to do a meet and greet with Oprah Winfrey. I would be sitting there trying to soak up the game. 
So there are people, you guys, that you would that you would spend that kind of money on. I mean, you know, shoot, people probably still got a little PPP money, little STEMI money. Okay, I mean, everything. I pay a thousand dollars in gas. Okay, I mean, when you fill up your gas tank at a hundred dollars a tank, it's given. That's ten takes of gas. Okay, it's it might not be that much. Okay. I mean, everything is so sky high. Shout out to Chris Brown for just knowing his worth. Okay. I mean, I, I love I love it for him. I love it here. Um, Amari says, man, we got people paying $500 for shoes that cost $50 to make in a sweatshop. Give that, give that man that band and take that pick. It was about the experience. People pay $3,000 for a table in Vegas and don't meet nobody. There it is, y'all. I agree. And I think, you know, people, people are hating. They, people would pay thousands of dollars to sit with Beyonce, with a Jay-Z. Shoot, with, I mean, with so many people. Um, Harry Jefferson says, paying $1,000 isn't bad to take a picture with the legend. Picks be worth $10 in 10 years. Pick will be worth $10 in 10 years. Well, I mean, it, and maybe even more than that. You know what I'm saying? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity when you want to meet a big legend or somebody that you really admire. Um, oh, he said he, he corrected himself. He said it meant to say 10K. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think this is a worthy investment and a worthy investment into memory, if nothing else. All right, y'all. I know I brought up scams earlier on here. <laughs> And this scam, honestly, was a hot mess.com. So there's a girl in Houston, you guys, that has been arrested um, and charged with fraud after fixing people's credit, okay? she was. It's a multi-million dollar, $3.3 million of that credit repair scheme. According to officials, uh, Rokisha Brisby, and her company, Rose Credit Repair, she was real cute on that. Put that up real quick, Cuddy. She's real, real, real cute. Okay, I love, she has a bunch of these cute little overlays she uses to advertise. But um, apparently, Rose Credit Repair was illicitly clearing credit reports by falsifying police reports and sending them to the financial firms with the purpose of removing credit loans and defrauding the bank. She's only 29. And her company is, is accused, again, of defrauding $3.3 million from these financial institutions. Here's what I hate about this story. You, if you are going into a police, if, if, if I'm a person who says this is fraud on my credit report and I go into a police station and I get a police report done, okay, doesn't matter. I mean, the police officer doesn't even know if what I'm reporting is real or not. I can go in there and say, yeah, this is, um, this is, uh, you know, my credit card was stolen. I didn't make these charges. How would the police officer know if you made the charges or not? I mean, I guess for the purpose of like backing the entity, you know what I'm saying? Or backing the company, I mean, you would have your client go and file the police report. Um, but these, I mean, we're talking about credit. We're talking about these banks, okay? Like Omari said, scam the scam. Scammers got gonna scam. 
but this is like scam the scammer. I don't know. Um, she she seems like she made a lot of money off this, but the headline, the three point mil, the three point three million dollars is what they're saying is the financial institution's loss amount. It's not what she earned. It's the loss amount. I hope she doesn't get a lot of time for this. Um, I think, listen, I feel like she was doing this one for the culture, y'all. There's a lot of things on these credit reports. These, you know, listen, when I was 19 and I first went to college, they have all these things to get these student loans. They don't even tell you how it works, okay? They just sign, sign the thing, sign the thing, sign the thing. So you sign it and then you're, you know, next thing you look up, you graduate from college and you have a, a student loan that has, um, uh, that has a, an interest rate that follows the market, okay? I mean, I think my interest rate was up to 12% at one point. That's not fraud. That's not scamming. I mean, who holds Sally Mae accountable? If Sally Mae was scamming people all these years and then they get to file bankruptcy and turn into Navient, listen, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our good sis out there in Houston. Um, they made this such a big deal. This made national news, you guys. I don't know why they did her like that. But then again, it is what it is. Some people are coming out too. Like her clients are coming out and being like, yeah, we were a part of this too. I wouldn't come out and say nothing. If you fix my credit report, don't come back and say nothing to me. Okay. You fix my credit. We moving on. Okay. With my good credit score. I hope the people who worked with her got, uh, you know, the best thing on, you know, out the end of the deal. So just be careful out there. You guys, you don't want to get caught up in all of this. If people say they can clean your credit and all that, you know, just do, do your due diligence and check these people out. All right. Did you guys hear about this? This is Roderick Brooks. He was killed by police. He's a 47 year old that was killed by police over detergent. Again, we're going to the state of Texas. This was some BS. I have a video um, of the actual shooting. Um, this is crazy. And again, it ties into police continuing to shoot unarmed black people. This right here, he was killed earlier this month in a Harris County, uh, by Harris County Sheriff's Office deputy. Um, he had left the Dollar General that he allegedly stole from, and he was apprehended by police. They shot him with a taser and took him down. Let me just play the clip. You guys will see what happened and we'll come back and we'll talk all about it. Now developing a first look at body camera footage and the shooting death of Roderick Brooks. A Harris County Sheriff's Office deputy killed Brooks earlier this month following a brief chase and struggle. Adam Bennett has been going through the footage released by the Sheriff's Office this afternoon. Adam Brooks' family was able to see some of that footage privately beforehand. That's right, Mia. And just a disclaimer for our viewers, this video is really tough to watch. Sheriff's officials say they are not drawing conclusions until their investigation wraps up. But Brooks's family does not believe his killing was justified, and their lawyer says a lawsuit is coming. Yes, yes, we this morning at a church in Southeast Houston, friends and family said goodbye to Roderick Brooks. There's no words to give a call and that he went this way. We, we don't expect to get it like this. My first best friend, and I'm missing. Hours later,
The body camera footage discussed during the eulogy Justice, Justice for Roger Brooks was publicly released by the Harris County Sheriff's Office. CN35, he's running. Officials there say the incident started with a 911 call just after 6 the afternoon of July 8th. An employee at a Dollar General on FM 1960 said she tried to stop a man stealing from the store. Uh, customers uh, running out the store and he hit me on the way out. 15 minutes later, officials say a patrol sergeant spotted a man matching the suspect description. Come here, dude. Come here. The sergeant runs after him. We're pausing the video at the moment of the shooting and blurring graphic video. Stop, dude. I'm going to tell you, stop. Get on the ground. Get on the ground right now. Why you saying me, ho? You know me, man. Quick. I'm gonna shoot you. Put that down. I will shoot you. You're gonna go. You got me, ho. Shoot. Shoot. Shoot, ho. Sheriff's officials say the sergeant lost possession of his taser and Brooks grabbed it. But the man's family and supporters see it differently. What you'll see is Roger reaching for the taser. However, he's reaching to get it out the way. He's reaching so that it would not be used again after him. His last words were, why did you tase me? Mm. Weigh in, you guys. I mean, is this uh, another justified police killing or is it not? I mean, let, let's think of the context of the situation. Number one, he's stealing laundry, allegedly, or he's being accused of stealing laundry detergent from Dollar General. So we're talking about no more than a $10 item. And you chase him, you taser him. And he grabs the taser, but clearly he releases it multiple times. You can see that in the video. He never grabs it. He never points it at the officer. It's clearly that he's trying. If I'm watching the tape, I'm looking at it, and it, it seems as if he's trying to get the taser to stop the officer from electrocuting him. The officer then, in the struggle, um, shoots him that one fatal shot in the back of the neck. So... I just don't get it. I mean, even if he had have taken the taser and attempted to taser the officer, why are we fatally, why are we fatally shooting someone in the back of the neck? That's ridiculous. Um, the family is also claiming that this video is edited, that they seen a version of the video that was released to them privately um, and says that it was deceptively edited to focus on Brooks's struggle for the taser and downplay the assault um, from the officer. Uh, so the family is going to go ahead and, and, and sue um, and, you know, try to get justice for their loved one. Um, meanwhile, the officer is on administrative leave pending an investigation into the shooting. I just don't understand why we feel like this is justified. I mean, do we like how can we keep thinking this kind of stuff is justified which brings me to my last and final clapback which ties right into this you guys there was and i don't know if you guys saw this but there was a mississippi police chief that that was fired after some leaked audio captured his racist rants 
and him bragging about killing 13 people, justified killing 13 people in the line of duty. We got that audio. Let's go ahead and roll it. How is you kill a A shocking confession caught on tape as a Mississippi police chief brags about killing 13 people in the line of duty, all while using racist slurs. Audio obtained by the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting through civil rights organization Julian features a recording of Lexington Police Chief Sam Dobbins. The audio was obtained by another officer, Robert Lee Hooker, who called it, quote, appalling, racist, hateful, and detrimental to the welfare of the people. Hooker resigned from the Lexington PD last week, citing a toxic work environment. In late July, the Lexington Board of Aldermen voted to fire Dobbins. An interim police chief has since been appointed. For the latest developments in this case and anything true crime, stay with Law and Crime Network. I mean, you guys heard the audio. He said that he shot an N-word 119 times that he killed 13 people in the line of duty. And let me tell you, even though he was voted out, he was only voted out three to two. So he barely got voted out in this county, you guys. Like it was given people did not want to vote him out. If the police chief is elected police chief and has 13 bodies before he even becomes the chief, how do you even move up into those ranks? That's what I can't understand. How does somebody who has 13 kills remain a police officer and then not only that, be grandfathered into being a police chief? It goes to show that the culture is that, okay? That there's a racist culture in that. They're not wearing white hoods anymore. They're wearing blue collars, okay? They're wearing the uniform. Um, the vote came after a former officer leaked a recording of the conversation to um, re leaked the re recording of the conversation to a media outlet called Julian. It's a well, it's not a media outlet. It's a civil rights and international human rights organization. They released released the audio to the media. That's how it all got out. Um, the irony in this is that the officer who recorded this is black. So he's dropping the N-word and talking about all of this being racist and homophobic just casually, casually. He's saying he's going to back up the officer if he needs to kill anybody in the line of duty. Um, and he's black. Ain't that crazy? Um, I thought that I thought that was crazy. Um, the officer ended up resigning um, due to a toxic work environment, as you heard. Uh, Dobbins told the media outlet that this ain't him. He said, that's not me on that tape. I don't talk like that. Ciao. I mean, we can, I just can't make this up. Um, <laughs> to add the icing on the cake, the newly appointed interim police chief is now is Charles Henderson, and he is black. Bravo. I mean, I, I love it, but I also hate that black people are appointed after racist people are, are, are ousted out and not even really ousted out that they kind of just were like, oh, we have to let them out. A three to two vote. I mean, what is it that we're talking about? 
my hope in this is that they call for the department to be dissolved and that they call into an investigation every single murder that the police officer conducted while there um, because he's bragging about it as if he has all these 13 kills. So there needs to be an investigation into who those individuals are that he killed in the line of duty, as well as they need to look into all his cases, right? Because if he's racist and homophobic and had those biases while he was working, they need to look into those arrests. If I'm somebody who had an interaction um, with this former officer, with this former chief, I'd absolutely be bringing this to a judge and getting this taken out. Um, he said he shot 119, uh, shot an N-word 119 times. Y'all heard it on the tape. I mean, this is there's 16 minutes of audio where this man is going ham. And again, we see Roderick Brooks being killed, shot in the back of the neck because he allegedly grabbed a taser. The officer is home. We have a police chief who barely was ousted out, who admitted to killing 13 people in the line of duty and shooting one person. How do you justify shooting anybody 119 times? They said they shot at the vehicle 300 plus times and 119 of those shots came from him. How are we justifying these kills? Darnell, this is absolutely insanity. I just, I don't get it. I don't get how we live in a world with these, okay? With these cameras, with social media, with all of this. I mean, if, 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 if the internet can bully Hulu to allowing persuasive ads to go on their platform, why the hell are we still having a conversation about criminal justice reform? It just, it makes no sense to me why we are still having to defend these types of killings. This is murder. We shouldn't have to die over laundry detergent. I don't care if you're black, brown, blue, pink, or anything. Okay, I don't get it. I don't get it. But we take somebody like Rokisha, okay, who's doing, you know, uh, credit repair, and we blast, you know, the police blast that all over the news, but they won't even look into their own. This is a toxic, toxic environment in the culture of policing. And it took a police officer to show us what's really going on, you guys. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you guys on that note um, because it is much to think about, much to talk about. But if y'all didn't see it, honey, you know about it now. But look, our time here is wrapping up and it has been a great show. Thank you so much for being so um, engaging this week, you guys. I love it when you guys are here in the, um, the audience and you guys pull up, you guys comment on stuff. It helps keep the show rolling, okay? Um, I do want to say thank you to Andrew Vroom. Andrew, shout out to you, big dog. I appreciate you so much. Andrew went ahead and looked out for your girl. He sent me a nice gift. 
Um, thank you so much, you guys. It takes a lot to continue to do this show. And so I love all the support you guys show to me as well as Converge. So Andrew, much appreciation to you, brother. Thank you so much. It does not go unnoticed. Um, but with that, you guys, that was my show tonight. I will be back next Thursday, same time, same place. Until then, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. Please pull up and follow me. And like I keep telling y'all, give me some show topics. What do you guys want to talk about? I know somebody said they want to talk about Trump and the January 6th and all of the trials and stuff like that. But you guys, it is so saturated that I don't even want to bring it to you guys at this hour. But if you really want to talk about it, I will. Okay. Uh, but anything else you want to talk about, pull up. Let's talk about it. Let's 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 dive deep. Okay. So I will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Until then, peace. Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. <laughs>